Welcome to Between Two Barrels, a twice-weekly podcast recorded at Studio 66, presented by Tennessee Legend Distillery. Between Two Barrels is a show that highlights legends of all shapes and sizes from across the state of Tennessee. From the queen of country Dolly Parton to the elusive Tennessee Wildman. From our head distiller to our legendary staff and products. On this show, you will learn some terms of the alcohol industry, as well as learn some awesome recipes for food and cocktails alike. Join us as we journey through the volunteer state to bring you stories of legends that involve the beautiful state of Tennessee, from country music as well as rock and roll royalty, cryptids, distillery origins, carbonated beverage beginnings, and everything in between. This show truly highlights what makes a legend a Tennessee legend. What's up, legends? Welcome to another episode of the Between Two Barrels podcast. I'm your host, Opie, and joined by the manager himself, B. Low. What's up, B? Not a whole lot, man. Glad to be back in the studio for another day, another episode to record. Of course, we are coming to you on a Thursday here from Studio 66, getting ever so closer to Christmas Day, as we have talked about in other episodes. And I have firmly come to believe that Christmas is indeed a season and extends Mm -hmm. for a period of time. And that's actually one of the things that we're going to be talking about whenever we are going into our discussion about the 12 days of Christmas. Not just a song, it actually represents the 12 days, and depending on you know where you're from, what your beliefs are, that start either on Christmas Day or the day after Christmas and mm-hmm. goes to either the 5th or 6th of January. Absolutely. But before we get into that, um, not a whole lot of things in terms of housekeeping notes, as it were. Of course, listening to this at this point, you have missed the deadline for getting in your online orders through the Tennessee Legend Merch Online Shop. All of those would have needed to be submitted by yesterday, the 13th, to make sure and guarantee that we would have been able to get that to you before the Christmas Day holiday. Um, You are still more than welcome to order stuff, and we will still get it shipped out. However, unfortunately, at this point, we would not be able to guarantee that you would be able to get those. Um, We do have some limited operating hours coming up. Of course, yesterday you would notice that we did not close early at this location. However, Tuesday... We did close early at both our Newport or our um, Nashville locations and our Cookville locations to allow for our staff there to be able to go out and have their Christmas dinner. Of course, they wound up getting a really cool gift as well as some Christmas bonuses being mm-hmm. handed out this year mm-hmm. in hopes that, uh, one, their Christmas bonus would help them have a little bit better time of year this time of year uh, whenever there's spending a mass going on. Um, and then, of course, the the company gift that they were given hopefully winds up bringing them some... It's a really cool gift. Yeah, it's a really it's cool really gift. really cool. We'll just leave it there. Yes, it's really cool. Um, 
but yeah, uh, beyond that, of course, um, getting closer to the end of the year, um, we're in just what would be the first month of the rotation for the seasonal rotation for the peppermint mocha. Mm-hmm. But of course, if you want to make sure that you have enough to last throughout the entirety of the year, that you go ahead and get that picked up if you are going to be in town for the holiday season or the remainder of the perceived holiday season in the Smoky Mountain area. So, so the fun thing about our creamers, uh, not really fun, but interesting thing is we tell people unopened you get about eight months to a year eight months to a year before you really need to get to using it right opened you get about six to eight months in the fridge i don't know anyone who needs that long typically no but i will say with the utmost confidence that i have actually had some of our dairy liqueur products last significantly longer than Mm -hmm. that in the refrigerator after having been opened however if at any point if it is questionable i mean if it's starting to resemble cottage cheese in any capacity don't touch it then yeah it's done but um to to make sure that we are covered yes we do definitely say that eight months to a year unopened six to eight months once it has been opened and refrigerated um don't get me wrong i'm sure there are some people who do play with our creamers so like it's a specialty thing or only when we have a dessert but like when i when i would be on the bar i would say you know guaranteed eight months to a year unopened on the shelf in room temperature six to eight months in the fridge once you've opened it but me personally oh, i don't think you're gonna need long. six to eight yeah. months you're not gonna need that long because it's damn good stuff that right and six to goes eight. with about anything wouldn't need six to eight weeks much yeah six to eight <laughs> yeah yeah not me personally but the pet mocha absolutely goes fantastic in just about any wintering concoction you want to put it with some vodka to make yourself somewhat of a peppermint schnapps creamer type thing go right ahead you want to put it uh, with your hot chocolate on christmas morning to add a little kick plus that popular peppermint flavor for the season go right ahead but i myself highly highly recommend on your christmas eve after dinner throwing in some peppermint or candy cane ice cream in a blender with a little bit of milk and a couple of shots of our peppermint mocha to make yourself a crazy candy cane milkshake as i call it delicious and too many of them, you'll believe you're Santa Claus. So that's m- my you'll definitely suggestion. Be rosy nosed and rosy mm-hmm. cheek having that much alcohol. That's, that's my suggestion. Sure. I call it the crazy candy cane shake. Throw in uh, some some of the candy, whichever brand you like, whether it's Mayfield or Bell or whatever. Uh, get their peppermint or candy cane ice cream. Throw it in a blender with some milk and our peppermint mocha dairy liqueur. Delicious. You can also top it with some chocolate sauce cherry whatever you want to put as a topper but a fantastic way to get festive and uh feeling good this season but i just i just wanted to bring a little drink highlight for our peppermint mocha to kind of piggyback off the conversation about our peppermint mocha but yeah we are about done with our first month of pep mocha so get it in while you can get your orders in for uh the new year shopping we are still going to honor that discount though even if you are ordering for after the Christmas holiday, we're still going to give you 40% off, $50, $50 or more. $50 or so more, yep. All throughout the birthdays. entirety of December. Yes, all throughout December. 
and uh, some more housekeeping social media you can find Tennessee Legend Distillery on all the Instagrams for all three locations Sevier County Cookville and Nashville as well as on Facebook and you can find us on YouTube Tennessee Legend Distillery you can find Studio 66 as its own entity on Facebook and Instagram as well and we are also living on the YouTube the Tennessee Legend Distillery YouTube as well so there's so many things going on here at TLD for the season so many ways to keep in touch with us and reach out to us and we hope that you'll do so uh, even if it's just to wish us a Merry Christmas or if you have questions our social media manager Ling stays up to date and trying to if she can't answer the question I know she is in our slack group immediately trying to find you the answer so you can reach out if you do have any questions at was it connect Contact. At contact at TennesseeLegend.com. I don't think I have any more housekeeping. Uh, we are continuing our series of Legends of the Season. This past Tuesday, we talked about decorations, some of the origins of some of our popular Christmas time decorations, which led us into talk about the 12 days of Christmas. So we thought, why not? Let's continue this episode and finish off this week's of legends of the season and go on in to the 12 days of christmas so be we talk about the 12 days of christmas every season there's multiple variations to the song what are the 12 days of christmas well opie i'm glad you asked the 12 days of christmas also known as 12 tide is a festive christian season celebrating the nativity of jesus now in the western ecclesiastical traditions Christmas Day is considered the first day of Christmas and the 12 days are the 25th of December through the 5th of January inclusive with the last day being 12th night or Epiphany Eve now for many Christian denominations for example the Anglican Communion and Lutheran Church the 12 days are identical to Christmas Tide but for others for example, the Roman Catholic Church, Christmas tide lasts longer than the 12 days of Christmas, running through the feast of the baptism of the Lord. Now, other methods of counting the mark the 12 days from December 26th to January the 6th. So the actual time or the days, of course, are an observance of what would be the birth of Christ, including the 12 days afterwards. But it was never really like with as many different sects of the Protestant religion as there are Lutheran, Methodist, Baptist, uh, Episcopal, mm -hmm. you know, you go through these different ones. And of course, none of them could agree as to whether or not they should start the countdown on 25th, the day of, or the 26th, the day after. And then of course, looking into it more, um, looking into more the Roman Catholic, the the Christmas tide time lasts longer than what would be the twelve days. So, where do we start? Where do we end in that aspect? And this, of course, is is part of where the debate comes in, or a, a majority of the debate of when should you take down your Christmas decorations? You know. Most people, after New Year's Day, what would be January 2nd, starts taking everything down. Or in, in your family history, at least on your mom's side, changing mm. 
uh, of the, From the seasons Christmas to, to winter. winter. Yeah. So <clears throat> it, it's it's fully undecided, and of course, as part of our discussion, you know, we may be so far off of what the actual time. I, I guess we can refer it to timeline. Yeah. The timeline, uh, as it were, that we could be taking or having actually Christmas Day in the middle of January or in the middle of September for all we know um, based off of you know the the uncertainty of where mm-hmm. exactly we are uh, according to existence I mean heck if and you, if you follow the Mayan calendar we're, we're dead yeah we already. should be we should we be should dead be. already so or it was a situation where even with the Mayan calendar where it's like okay we can't make this thing any bigger it's going to start getting really heavy we can't move mm-hmm. it anywhere I think Let's someone's just hand just got tired yeah they're just like, I don't see us going anywhere. Yeah, we're not going to be. We're not going to be here that long. Well, it's it's like going back to the uh, '80s and early '90s, and you look at any sort of sci-fi movie that was supposedly taking place in the future, and and we are in that future. Most of that stuff was saying, oh, in the By, 20 aughts or the there 2020s. There was a whole sequel movie about 2015 being way more high-tech than it actually was. Oh, by far. We, was sh- we should have had flying cars, holographic advertisements, self-lacing Nike shoes. Um, and that's just going Self-tightening off of, jackets. Yeah, Back to the Future. Yeah, that's just going off Back to the Future 2015 should have been was way more technological than 2023 actually is yeah so (laughs) i mean depending on who you follow what you follow we're either just a few weeks off or a few months or a few years depending on right on what you believe when our time technically started so uh despite when you're technically or literally celebrating it right the christmas season is upon us and we're talking the 12 days of Christmas. I myself would probably say Christmas Day should probably start the 12 days of Christmas since it is the if, first if that day was of the Christmas. Day, yeah, if that's the day that, that sweet little six-pound, five-ounce baby Jesus listening to his baby Einsteins... <laughs> We're born on on the twenty fifth. Then yeah, we start on that day. But you know, unless you want to count, and that's where the thing comes in. The argument comes in is, okay, do we use the actual birth date, or do we leave that as its own special instance and day, and then the next day, whenever everybody would have found out by then, you know what I mean? That oh, the Messiah has been born. Mm-hmm. We're going to start the celebration on the next day, and it's going to be a 12-day-long party. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I cannot make it through two hours of partying, much less 12 days. Ugh. And that was even whenever I was a teenager. So, I, yeah. n- no. I like to rock and roll part of every day. <laughs> Some of the night and part of, part of not day. necessarily every day. Yes. Um, now, if you look into um, some of the history in 567, and I'm going to assume this is A.D. because typically um, whenever there is not any sort of indication, it typically 
is in reference to AD as opposed Anno to BC. Domini. Um, but in 567, the Council of Tours proclaimed the 12 days of Christmas from Christmas to Epiphany, i.e. to just before midnight on the 5th of January, as Epiphany begins on January the 6th. Now, as a sacred and festive season and established the duty of Advent fasting in preparation for the feast. So... It was used also as part of a time to fast because of Advent fasting because you were getting ready to come up upon the Feast of Epiphany. Now, Christopher Hill, as well as William J. Federer, states that this was done in order to solve the administrative problem for the Roman Empire as it tried to coordinate the solar Julian calendar with the lunar calendar of its provinces in the east. So the government basically stepped in and mm-hmm. said, because our reach has gone far beyond what our home base is, and we want to involve the entire reach of our domain, as it were, that we are are going to administratively set this so that way the the solar and lunar calendars are going to yes combine and everything is going to be made mm-hmm. unified yeah you know this is also uh dancing around trying to remember the lyric on the fifth or sixth or first sometime around early january is also when the feast of fools is okay. remember the hunchback of notre dame um which was funny because it took place in paris that movie did that story does right and in the movie they're singing the song feast of fools and it looks like a summer day hmm. in the movie but they s- technically the feast of it's, fools is it's in early, early January. January. But yeah, I think it's it's kind of cool how it also coincides around the same time as Epiphany. And I wonder if that's where where Epiphany they kept calling it Epiphany is the end of the twelve days of Christmas and this early date in January fifth or sixth, depending on when the, how the calendar falls. If that's what the led into resolutions. If you spend the first few days of January thinking and pondering on the season, on the year, and then you have your epiphany on what you want to change in the coming year. So epiphany, also known as theophany in Eastern Christian tradition, is a Christian feast day commemorating the visit of the Magi, the baptism Mm -hmm. of Jesus, and the wedding at Cana. In Western Christianity, the feast commemorates principally, but not solely, the visit of the Magi to the Christ child, and thus Jesus Christ's physical manifestation to the Gentiles is sometimes called Three Kings Day, and in some traditions celebrated as Little Christmas. Moreover, the Feast of the Epiphany in some denominations also initiates the liturgical season of Epiphany Tide. Interesting. So, more so on the three wise men. Mm. 
So Jesus was born. We partied for three days or for twelve days. Uh, what were we partying again? Oh yeah, the three wise men uh, that yeah, brought the yeah, gifts yeah, to yeah, Jesus. Yeah. That's that's what we're wait. Are we celebrating Jesus or are we celebrating the three wise men? I'm, I'm, I don't remember, man. I don't get it. I don't understand it. And and because a lot of the different traditions are being brought in from different religions and different thoughts, different ideologies, and trying to be mishmashed into uh, everything's so mixed between the generations and the different religions, and who knows what's actual and what's not. Oh, once again, I'm about to say something that is going to be perceived as wholly un-American. Is is to Americanize something to try to basically not necessarily take away its... I don't even want to say that. I'm going to come back around to that point at some point in time. Just because, like I say, I don't want to alienate anybody. Um, I guess instead of Americanization, colonization mm-hmm. would be a better... Because colonization can be used to imply towards British rule or oh, to yeah. you know, whatever in that aspect. But just the fact that the the act of something is used and is given a different history than what the actual history of something is. Yeah, that colonizing something yeah. It's kind of like taking what it its substance and p- injecting your religion into it. And not necessarily religion, just beliefs mm-hmm. in general. All right, before we alienate anyone else, moving forward, the Armenian Apostolic Church and Armenian Catholic Church celebrate the birth and baptism of Christ on the same day so that there is no distinction between a Feast of Christmas and a Feast of Epiphany. So the Armenians actually wound up, I guess, kind of finding not necessarily the loophole, but a way to to get away from the dissension, the argument, is to say that the birth and baptism took place on the same day, so that way you can count 12 days from what would be the 25th, and then it'd be on January the 5th. The Oriental Orthodox, other than the Armenians, the Eastern Orthodox and the Eastern Catholics who follow the same traditions have a 12-day interval between the two feasts. Christmas and Epiphany are celebrated by these churches on 25th of December and 6th of January using the Julian calendar, which corresponds to 7 and 19 January using the Gregorian calendar, and the 12 days using the Gregorian calendar end at sunset on the 18th of January. And this, again, just between the different versions of different calendars and what you believe and when you think time, quote-unquote, started and who's using the right calendar and all of this other stuff, but the swapping between one, the the Julian, the Gregorian, the Muppets, the whatever, is showing in this aspect that you've got something going between the 7th and the 19th of January... As opposed to December, so you're looking at almost an entire month later than what we're typically used to having any of these celebrations. It, it It's not hard to, to fathom that people would 
would not know anything about the 12 days of Christmas and what they symbolize, much less knowing when they actually started, if it was before Christmas leading up to or starting on Christmas and moving forward. Because even in just reading this, it's another one of those nobody really knows. And after our recent discussion on time travel, if there's no definitive pinpoint, like how do you pinpoint this stuff in history now if time travel were possible how could you accurately predict or how could you accurately pinpoint when something happened whenever we have no actual real concept of time because the victors of different skirmishes battles conquests throughout the history history have written the history And, and even with that said who's to say that you know, oh, after the Romans conquered wherever, that a hundred years of stuff didn't just get wiped under the table. Wiped under the table because yeah. they didn't really care for it. Yeah. Or or anything of that matter. So we don't know exactly when we are. No, we don't. Kind of a and then in that aspect, scary it, and then in that aspect, it leads the question to be asked: Is why does it even matter? I mean, at this point, I mean, the only thing Time that we have, the, 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 the only reason that we have the construct is to basically, I don't even want to say it gives something for people to complain about or what, you know, in that aspect. I mean, just because it, it's I would just say a the form only of reason control. we have time is, yeah, to control, control things, a form works, of control. jobs, careers, farming, all that stuff. But even that was something that was just like, okay, there's daylight outside we can see. Let's work until we can't see. Yes. It, they didn't care about what time of day it was or how many hours they had to be yeah. able to do it. They just got up whenever they could see and did as long as they could see. And, and then whenever they, they couldn't see, they, went, you know, <laughs> they just didn't do anything. We got night shifts and things now. All right. It's like if everything else is, is up and alive and doing you know, other than the the nocturnal things, but of course they understood that things had to happen at night mm-hmm. to to counteract or, or be whatever the construct of time, in, in my man. Comparison to the day, there are a few other things that we could kind of get into um, as far as individual practices. Um, talking about as far as. Uh, things being done in Europe or or Middle East or whatever in terms of the observation of what this time of year would be. And it all revolves around, though, basically the same thing in the mm. fact that you're going from the, the Christmas tide, 12 tide... To Epiphany. To Epiphany, regardless of what it is. But the the next part of the show, after we take a quick break is going to dive more into the song The Twelve Days of Mm. Christmas and some more representation of what the different gifts of the song were in reference to. Words that are said and kind of how we talked about in the opening have been misinterpreted or misheard uh, as well as some other versions of the mainstream song The Twelve Days of Christmas and some of the different things that would have been gifted as part of that song and of course like i i mentioned in tuesday's episode uh i'm going to attempt 
a Scottish version, uh, and we're just going to go 12 to 1. The Scottish version. Yeah, I'm not going to try to sing the entire thing, uh, and it's not even really going to be singing. It's going to be more uh, attempting to maintain a Scottish accent throughout the entire throughout the entire reading uh, of the 12 Days of Christmas in as a Scottish or as mm-hmm. a Scot uh, from 12 to 1, so... Do you go nuts about our products at Tennessee Legend Distillery? Do you think our products should be on nuts? Well, look no further than Southern Vet Sweets. At Southern Vet Sweets, they specialize in baked goods and desserts that are sure to tantalize your taste buds. They make a variety of treats from cookies to alcohol-infused delights and modern takes on Southern favorites. They provide custom and bulk orders at southernvetsweets.com. Make sure to look through their catalog of tasty Southern favorites. And not only do they have sweet treats for your taste buds, they are also veteran-owned and operated. And whenever you place your order, tell Jason, Tennessee Legend Distillery sent you. So be the 12 days of Christmas, the song. Yes, the 12 days of Christmas, the song is an English Christmas carol and is an example of a cumulative song, meaning that the lyrics detail a series of increasingly numerous gifts given to the speaker by their true love on each of the 12 days of Christmas. Of course, as we have discussed, starts on, well, depending on, you know, all the Mm -hmm. external factors either the 25th or the 26th of December or in some cases all the way to the 7th Mm. of January uh, and go what would be 12 days from that point either ending on January 5th or January 6th or as late as January the 18th Mm. but the carol whose words were first published in England in the late 18th century has a Roud Folk Song Index number of 68, and a large number of different melodies have been associated with the song, of which the best known is derived from a 1909 arrangement of a traditional folk melody by English composer Frederick Austin. Now, later on, whenever I start talking about several different variations or lyrical variations or stuff like this, the name Austin is one to remember because the melody that we know it as today, the is the Frederick Austin the Austin variation composition. Yes, and even some of his have different variations of the words as they have been either written or recorded. Mm -hmm. There are 12 verses, as you know, each describing a gift given by the true love on one of the 12 days of Christmas, and there are many variations in the lyrics. The lyrics that I'm going to be starting off with and the ones that are most known are from Frederick Austin's 1909 publication that established what we know as the current form of the carol, and, of course, you know as the partridge in a pear tree, two turtle doves, three French hens, 
uh, four calling birds, five gold rings, six geese laying, seven swans a swimming, eight maids a milking, nine ladies dancing, ten lords a leaping, eleven pipers piping, and twelve drummers drumming. Now, the earliest known publication of the words to the Twelve Days of Christmas were an illustrated children's book called Mirth Without Mischief, published in London in 1780, and a broadsheet by Angus of Newcastle dated to the late 18th or early 19th centuries. Now, while the words as published in Mirth Without Mischief and the Angus broadsheet were almost identical, Subsequent versions, beginning with James Orchard Hollowell's Nursery Rhymes of England in 1842, have displayed considerable variation. In the earliest versions, the word on is not present at the beginning of each verse. On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me. On the second day Mm -hmm. of Christmas, the word on was not there. So it just literally was... The first day of Christmas, mm-hmm. my true love gave to me. The second day, the third day, no on. <clears throat> on was added in Austin's 1909 version and became very popular thereafter. Also, in other earlier versions, my true love sent to me the gifts. However, a 20th century variant has my true love gave to me, and this wording has become particularly common in North America. Yes. So instead of sent, it was just replaced with gave, gave uh, of course, uh, or more popularly in North America. In one 19th century variant, the gifts came from my mother rather than my true love. So, first day of Christmas, my mom gave to me. Well, there's probably many uh, uh, walks of life or religions or what have you. Um, beliefs that a m- person's mother is the true love. That's true. Like there is no love like a mother to a child. Unless they're talking about Miak. You get that one? You get that <laughs> reference? Yes. The heart of a mother or the heart of a child? Yes. <laughs> uh, um, Mother's Miak. There is many, many um, beliefs that will tell you there is no greater love than a mother for their child. Right. That even when your child comes, even some aspects of the Bible tell you to your children over your lover. Right. So true love could technically translate, translate in a lot of in a lot of societies to mother. Mother. So I, I can definitely thought about see it in that. that aspect. I could definitely see that. Now that you mention it. Uh some other variant variants have juniper tree or June apple tree rather than pear tree which is based presumably off of a mishearing of partridge in a pear tree whenever the original words would have been part of a juniper tree or parts of a juniper tree. So, partridge in a pear tree, parts of a juniper tree. What did he say? Did he say partridge in a pear tree? I could see where the confusion, especially different languages, different dialects. But knowing what we know now in terms of the fact that evergreen boughs, different mm-hmm. forms of an evergreen tree and the juniper being one of the predominant trees used for a quote-unquote Christmas tree, 
I mean, it it kind of lends a little bit more toward the the thought process of that it could have been a misunderstanding. Because if you are giving someone a gift, a Christmas gift, in the the realm, the sense of it being a Christmas gift, why would you be giving them a pear tree or a, a gift in a pear tree whenever some of the, the different religious beliefs were putting up sprigs of, of evergreens and juniper as the decoration, so why not... For the first thing that you give someone is part of your juniper tree or part of a juniper tree to put up well, as decoration. And if there. we draw that parallel to our Christmas episode, our tree episode, we found out that before trees, people were putting laurels of evergreen. Right. Just it wasn't, branches. It's just, yeah. Not full trees. They were just taking two or three branches and hanging them. So I could definitely see where someone was like, no, you give juniper. You give part of juniper a juniper tree. You give part of a juniper yeah. tree. Laurels. Did he say partridge in a pear yeah. tree? Yeah, it easily could have been uh, a misconception because pear trees are not winter trees, are they? I mean, the pear in and of itself is a cooler climb, almost mm-hmm. like an apple in terms of like the harvesting time is okay. usually, or it's more associated with a little bit cooler time of the year. But, however, I mean, it's not a situation to where you're going to be like, oh, I'm going to decorate my pear tree for Christmas. You know how we keep drawing to, like, religious, pagan, and all that stuff? You know how we... It was proven that the word apple was never said in the Bible. Oh, as far as talking about the, the fruit. The fruit was never... It was just the fruit it was of just the, the knowledge of good and evil. Of, of God, knowledge of good and evil. It was Americanized versions of the Bible that put apple. Right. It was never said what the fruit was. It was what one if of, it's a pear tree? It could be. I mean, because there are many religious Or what if it's a fruit that tie-ins. doesn't exist anymore? And that was also part of the punishment. It's like, you know, I've got to get rid of that fruit now. Yep, you're not going to be able to... You not only have knowledge of good and evil, but I'm taking that fruit away. It was a super fruit. It was a super fruit. It it was a a super fruit that that unlocked the... It was like a hybrid of like dragon fruit and watermelon. Right. Something so succulent and so delicious. Something that I hear a lot about the health properties of, but you never hear or see of anyone doing anything to prepare and eat this particular thing... Mm-hmm. Hedge apples. Really? And hedge apples do not look anything like a regular apple. Honestly, it looks like a, a, a brain completely round the okay. size of a softball. Maybe a little bit bigger than hedge a softball. Apples. Called a hedge apple. Okay. Something to look up. And whenever I say it looks like a brain, you'll know exactly yeah. what I'm talking about. But yeah. Um, Partridge in a pear tree, parts of a juniper, juniper tree. Or... If the pear tree or a variation of a pear was, you know, potentially what was in the the garden, Mm -hmm. in the Garden of Eden, and that was the the fruit-bearing tree that that bore the fruit of the Maybe this person put pear tree in the song because he thought the tree was a pear tree. A pear tree. tree. Yeah. Maybe it meant blessing, meant good, meant health and happiness or whatever. So, number four. On the, the, the song list, the fourth gift 
Mm. You go ahead and sing it in your head. Uh, those of you at home, those of you listening, as you're going down the list, on the fourth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me. Oh, sorry. Four calling birds. Calling. Calling birds. Calling, like they're singing. Calling. They're or, or they're, the phone number. Are they calling Baton Rouge? Are they, are, they doing, yeah. are they pulling a, a Garth Brooks on us? Yeah. I mean, so, yes, I've always heard or, or thought of it being calling, C-A-L-L-I-N-G, for calling birds. And that is what most people know it as today. But the original would been for Collie, C-O-L-L-Y, birds. Collie being a regional English expression for coal black, the name of um, what they referred to as blackbirds, starlings, blackbirds. Yeah. Um, but also the name of the Collie dog breed may come from this word, but it's not as... Because collies are not typically black. Most of the time your collies are, you think, lassie, you know, yeah. brown, white, that stuff. Border collies. Yeah. Um, this wording must have been opaque to many even in the 19th century. Canary birds or colored birds or curly birds, as well as corly birds, are found in its place. Now, Austin's 1909 version, which introduced the now standard melody, also altered the fourth day's gift to that of four calling birds. And this variant has become the most popular, although Kali is still found. Huh. So a calling bird is like... Uh, a songbird. A, a songbird. Yeah. But originally it was referred to as the, or they were referring to a starling, which does starling, have a, yeah. a unique call or yeah. song. Yeah. Um, or any other colorful or songful bird. Yes, Miss Starling. Fly, fly now, little bird. <laughs> five gold rings has often become five golden rings, mm -hmm. especially in North America. And in the standard melody, this change enables singers to fit one more syllable per music note. So, and I'm sure you've heard it. They get to the point, it's like, uh, six geese are laying five gold rings. It's always the climax part of the song. five golden rings. So you can either do go old Mm -hmm. or golden, golden rings. Um, and then the gifts associated with the final four days are often reordered. Uh, that being uh, 12 drummers drumming, 11 pipers piping, 10 lords leaping, 9 ladies dancing. Uh, the number of dancing ladies, leaping lords, pipers piping, and drummers drumming uh, have often been changed about. Okay. In several different variations of the song. Uh, so I guess if someone's a, a little less of a drummer, more of a dancer, they get more dancers than drummers. So, I mean, it can be customized to to fit your uh, gift recipient's... Custom order the 12 days of Christmas. Your, your gift recipient's uh, number of items that they are receiving. Now, the... History and well, before we get into that, let's actually talk about some of the different um, things other than 
what we normally know as the uh, drummers drumming, ladies dancing, pipers piping, maids of milking. You, of course, have swans of swimming, geese of laying, golden rings, collie or calling birds, French hens, turtle doves, and the partridge in a pear tree or parts of a juniper tree. Mm-hmm. But there have also been fat hens as opposed to French hens. We have also seen uh, turtle doves and French hens swap spots. So you would have two French hens and three turtle doves. Of course, we talked about the curly, corly, collie birds, as well as calling birds. But in one instance, in the Leicester Daily Post, my true love sent to me in 1907 a partridge upon a pear tree Two turtle doves, three French hens, four collie dogs, <laughs> and of course, five golden rings. But some other instances have included, as the first gift, Goldie Ring and the part of a June apple tree. Okay. This one coming out in 1905. Turtle doves and the part of a mistletoe bough. Okay. Of course, the French hens, the collie birds, goldie rings as opposed to golden rings, mm-hmm. geese laying, swans a swimming, boys a singing, bulls a beating, bells a ringing, and asses racing. Okay. As different versions or different things, gifts that were given in their version of the song. Who would want 12 running donkeys? Right. Couldn't catch them. Others, including. Bears a beating as opposed to bulls a beating, hounds a running. Must be the Russian version. <laughs> squabs a swimming, and cocks a crowing. That's the South Carolina version. That's the South Carolina version. Uh, lads a looping as opposed to opposed to lords a leaping. It would be lads a looping. Uh, pipers playing has been another variation. Here's an interesting one that included some other flora and fauna, including hares are running, bulls are roaring, men are mowing. <laughs> Not necessarily ladies are dancing, just dancers are dancing, and fiddlers are fiddling. Fiddlers are fiddling. We've also experienced lambs are bleating. Badgers baiting, fifers fifing, as opposed to pipers piping. We have fifers fifing, hares running, and one of my favorites, ducks quacking. We have a number of ducks quacking. Uh, We also have fat hens instead of French hens. There's also been lords of playing... Ladies spinning, bells ringing, and all other sorts of random objects doing random things. And if you follow along with the Jeff Foxworthy Redneck 12 Days of Christmas, you you have, oh, give me a second, uh, 12 pack of bud, 11 wrestling, t- wrestling tickets, 10 of Copenhagen, 9 years probation, 8 table dancers, 7 packs of red man, 6 cans of spam, Five flannel shirts, four big mud tires, three shotgun shells, two hunting dogs, and some parts to a Mustang GT. Yes. 
Yes. So yeah, does it doesn't necessarily matter. This is one of the first modern generation uh, variations. Variations of it, we of ever course. Got. Um, now one of the more popular ones is the twelve uh, days of COVID. Of Christmas, COVID. Yeah. Um, as another variation to this song to look up. I don't know if I want to go ahead and go into the Scottish version just yet, or if I want to talk about some more of the the origins of some of the individual, like the what the gifts are representative of in religion, or and save the Scottish version for closing the show. You want to just save that for the closing of the show? Mm-hmm. All right. So we'll go ahead and move into... Um, some other variations uh, of this one uh, and we'll save the the actually let's do it this way we'll go to the the different meanings of the different gifts and items uh, as a uh, uh, pertain to religious beliefs and stuff like that then we'll come back and see some of the different variations from different places across the country who have or across the world who have similar versions of the song they just have different uh, um, animals and or whatever that they're doing as part of what their gifts would be because the gifts hey the gifts have to be regional to wherever you're getting the gifts mm-hmm. from to give to someone because yeah, part you might not have pear trees yeah or or calling birds or collie birds or badgers badging mm-hmm. or Pfeiffer's fifing or Michelle Pfeiffer or Michelle Pfeiffer so I mean we got to check this stuff out. Now, the partridge in a pear tree in itself, which, of course, like we said, has potentially been mistaken for parts of a juniper tree. Um, But an anonymous antiquarian writing in 1867 speculated that pear tree is a corruption of French perdie or perdrie partridge. This is also suggested by Anne Gilchrist, who observed in 1916 that from the constancy in English, French, and Languedoc versions of the Merry Little Partridge, I suspect that Pear Tree is actually Perdrie, Old French Perdrie, carried into England. The variant text, part of a juniper tree found as early as 1840, is likely not original since partridge is found in French versions. It is probably a corruption of partridge in a pear tree, though Gilchrist suggests juniper tree could have been jolie perdrie or pretty partridge. So the the confusion is because of the language barrier, more than likely, according to this. Hmm. So what you're hearing is someone potentially talking about seeing a pretty partridge... Jolie Perdrie, Junior Perdrie, Jolie Perdrie. Okay. Or really Perdrie or Pertrice, which is pear tr- or is uh, um, partridge or French for partridge. So they were singing at that point in time about getting them a pretty or colorful bird but in the the trying to break it down trying to translate they heard either 
Jolie Perdri, Juniper Tree, or just Perdri, just being pear tree, or just them talking about a partridge in a pear tree. But Perdri is, or partridge, partri, is pear tree or is partridge. So mm -hmm. they're saying partridge twice. Yeah. In that instance, partri, partri. Oh, it's weird. Partridge, partridge, partri, jolie partri, juniper tree. I mean, yeah. so many different things in that to where it could be misinterpreted and being said as something other than what it is. Now, another suggestion is that an old English drinking song may have furnished the idea for the first gift. William B. Sandys refers to it as a convivial glee introduced a few years since. A pie, for example, a magpie sat on a pear tree where one drinks while the others sing. The image of the bird in the pear tree also appears in lines from a children's counting rhyme, An Old Mother Goose. A pie sat on a pear tree, hey, once so merrily hopped she, hey, twice so merrily, thrice so. So basically, learning to count, mm -hmm. but using the the magpie or bird, the pear tree, mm -hmm. the pear tree, to be able to use it for, for counting. Um... French hens. Gilchrist suggests that the adjective French may mean foreign, just using French as the terminology, Chicken. as opposed to just saying foreign. Uh, Sharp reports that one singer sings Britain chains, which he interprets as a corruption of Breton hens. William and Seal Bering Gould also suggest that the birds are Breton hens, which they see as another indication that the carol is of French origin. Hmm. Now, collie birds, the word collie, found in the earliest publications, was a source of considerable confusion. Multiple sources confirm that it is a dialectal word found in Somerset and elsewhere meaning black, so collie birds are blackbirds. Despite this, other theories about the word's origins are also found in the literature, such as that the word is a corruption of French collé or rough or of colored. So again, French colored. Okay, so either you're getting a bunch of crows or parrots. Right. Depending on the translation. Blackbirds or parrots, which I would think in this instance would be parrots. Yeah, colored birds. Because you're seeing Britain is not very colorful. England, no. You know, there's not... It's I noticed more that earth when, tones or, or... When I was over there visiting my sister a few summers ago... Uh, it's you don't see a lot of bright, bright attire except for like in certain places, like Piccadilly and all that. But uh, it's very earth tony, very droll. Right. Um, not a lot of bright. Even their advertisements just very subtle. Um, even even the London Bridge was underwhelming. It's not this great big massive fancy thing that you think of from your childhood. It's, it's the smallest bridge there. Right. It's not this great thing. It's like you hear about London bridges falling down in, in the old nursery rhyme and stuff, but 
you think of something like Golden Gate, and it's not. It's just this no, it's little a little bridge. Yeah, I mean, it's not like you know the bridge over Douglas Dam, right? Little, but it's it's just not. It's not even the coolest bridge in England. No, no so no, no. <laughs> it's it's wild. So yeah, I mean, England's very draw. So a lot of these things, a gift would be colorful. Something colorful, yeah. yeah. Now, whenever it comes to the gold rings. Shahan suggests that the five golden rings refer to the ringed pheasant. Yes. William and Seal Baring Gould reiterate this idea, which implies that the gifts for the first seven days are all birds. Mm-hmm. I would argue that all the days are birds. Because... Well, depending on which variation I mean, you go by. I mean, yes, partridge in a pear tree, two turtle doves, three French hens, four calling birds... So let's go the far four Kong birds, blackbirds, or parrots. Okay, yeah. Birds. Uh, five golden, golden rings, rings the, the rings around a ring pheasant's pheasant, neck. Yeah. Um, six geese a laying, birds. Okay, Seven good. swans a swimming, birds. birds. Eight maids a milking are nicknames for the magpie or the cattle egret. Okay. The nine ladies dancing could be. Nicknames for lapwings, birds. Okay. The ten lords of leaping, cuckoos, leaping okay. birds. Eleven pipers piping, a sandpiper. Okay. And drummers drumming, a ruffled grouse. Because they have the a, yeah. a more so rhythmic. Technically, that if you, depending on what you equate it to, they all could be birds. And I'll even tell you that it's you're not getting 70-something birds because it repeats. You're getting more like 364 birds for Christmas. Right. Because it's like on it's the 12th tax. day, you're not just getting 12 drummers drumming. You're getting that plus everything you got The 11 of that. this, the 10 of this, So on top of the ones that you had already received. There's a belief that this is a guy wooing said girl. Because all those are feasts. I mean, food, wedding feasts. You know, a lot of those birds would be eaten at a wedding in old okay. British times. Pheasants and things like that. And these exotic bird within, you know, like we have the turducken, you know. But it, back is, in these... Is this, is this whole song a, 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 a proposal? That's, a what, that's proposal? what a lot of b- people believe. If you translate and you look at what these birds were used for, whether it be singing to their love or eating that this guy is proposing and if you think about it that way I would say no if you gave me over 360 birds <laughs> I mean we bought a zoo we no. bought a zoo <laughs> here's all these birds now for the 13th day a wedding ring I'd be like no I don't know what to do with all the birds you gave me. I don't. Yeah, right. We're gonna have to take out a loan just to be able to house all <laughs> to these house birds. these birds. Where am I gonna put these birds? Like, I, I, I'm a a woman in these these old, old British times. It's not like they had a job or owned a house or right. No, where are you gonna put these birds you gave so, to me? So that's so that would be twelve partridges. Oh, and you get tr- and there's pear trees. Right. Yeah, and you have twelve trees along with those birds. So I guess you have a, a, a little couple trees for them to to be yeah. in. You're going to replant these trees or let them die. Right. So you've got. I'm not going to go through and do all of them. Yeah. So by the end of this, you've got 
12 partridges, 12 pear trees, mm-hmm. uh, 24 turtle doves. Oh, yeah. Uh, then it exponentially just starts increasing. increasing and from the sizes there. of the birds get bigger, too. You don't want that many geese on your property. So. They're mean. Does that mean you've got 36? So it'll go from 24 to 36? Mm hmm. Of the French hens or fat hens. I mean, but eggs. Yeah. I mean, it's I think this. Food. Being in that particular point in time, like whenever this stuff was going around, if it's a situation where basically this is what this dude's doing is, all right, I want to propose to you, but this is, and this is what I'm planning on providing sure for us. you never are hungry again. I mean, <laughs> I... I mean, I've given given you know, I mean, roles, I w- I roles reversed and stuff yeah. like that. I probably all right, cool, you know, cool, cool. We're we're we can eat some of the hens and we can use some of them for eggs. So yeah, I, I, there's a, a firm belief that this is a man proposing to a wife with birds, depending on what you, or if you follow the the basic translation that the five golden rings are literally golden rings she can put on her fingers right so it just depends either way um but of course if you were to look back into what some other perceived meanings Mm -hmm. uh behind these are are of course uh ways to be able to teach um religion the the 12 apostles or the 12 tribes of judah um Mm -hmm. uh, um I can't remember what all of them are. Uh, but basically, yeah, you're able to to somehow associate um, one of the 12 days with something throughout what would be the, uh, the Bible in some aspect or another. All right. It has now come time for me to attempt to maintain... My best Shrek. Well, before you get to that, I want to tell you some other varieties of the song. Obviously, we've talked about Jeff Foxworthy's Redneck 12 Days of Christmas. Right. Um, We've got Bob and Doug McKenzie's 12 Days of Christmas that talks about bacon, smokes, beer, uh, the Canadian Redneck Days of Christmas. We have John Denver and the Muppets' 12 Days of Christmas. John freaking Denver. We have Bob Rivers, who did the 12 Plains of Christmas. Classic parody. 12 Pains of Christmas. Pains, yeah. Pains, yeah. Uh, Include trees, cards, family, batteries not included, Legos. (laughs) Uh, Star Wars 12 Days of Christmas. Oh, I hadn't heard that. I have to look that one up. Ooh, D and the Twisted Sister released a heavy metal version D called Snyder, nice. Heavy Metal Christmas. The Twelve Gifts of Christmas by Alan Sherman. It's a Secret Santa parody. Okay. Mikey Boltz did the Twelve Days of Family Guy Christmas in different... Uh, it's about Quahog stuff in, in the voices. Like he changed his voice. Okay, to gotcha. The t- teacher's viral 12 Days of Christmas song, which was a challenge during the early days of TikTok that teachers would do. 
school things at Christmas right. to that tune. Um, Five principal office visits. Yes, yeah, pretty much. And, of course, one of the most legendary versions that we both know very well. Straight No Chaser? Is Straight No Chaser's cover and version. Probably my uh, they favorite. include Christmas Can Can yeah. and all of, yeah. Dreidel. They, yep. Probably my favorite version of 12 Days of Christmas just because of all the vocal talent and the back and forth stuff. And they're and bouncing all over. Yeah, I love it. On and the, the way they performed it at Opry was fun, too. Right. It's on the great. 11th. No. On the 12th. No. On the deck. <laughs> Here we come. Wassling I love that version. Love that version. If you have not heard that version, yeah. you've lived under a rock. And if you haven't, listen to it. Anything Straight No Chaser Christmas. That's all you need to search. Straight yes. No Chaser All their Christmas, Christmas stuff is fantastic. Is great. The uh, Christmas Can Can is fantastic. Uh, and like you said, the 12 days, the straight no chaser 12 days is fantastic too. Do, 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 do. Oh yeah, bringing in some uh, rains down in Africa. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so. and then and then the way that they they rearrange the uh, on the 12th day, what you love gave to me. Yes, 12 just drummers a great drumming version. It's upon the Serengeti. Yeah, just fa- so. Before we end this, oh yeah, I still got to go back and talk about the uh, Faroe Islands, uh, Sweden and France. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the Faroe Islands, there is a comparable counting Christmas song. The gifts include one feather, two geese, three sides of meat, four sheep, five cows, six oxen, seven dishes, eight ponies, nine banners, ten barrels, eleven goats, twelve men, thirteen hides, fourteen rounds of cheese, and fifteen deer. Hmm. Now these were illustrated in 1994 by local cartoonist Oli Peterson, born 1936, on a series of two stamps issued by the Faroese office. In Sweden, specifically in Blekinge and Smalaland, southern Sweden, a similar song was also sung. It featured one hen, two barley seeds, three gray geese, four pounds of pork, Six flayed sheep, a sow with six pigs, seven atting grain, eight gray foals with golden saddles, nine newly born cows, ten pairs of oxen, eleven clocks, and finally twelve churches, each with twelve altars, each with twelve priests, each with twelve capes, each with twelve coin purses, each with twelve daler inside. Daler is a form of currency. And of course, the French would talk about Les Deux Mois, the 12 months. I think I have this outrageous accent. (laughs) Also known as Le Perdue, or The Partridge, is another similar cumulative verse from France that has been likened to the 12 Days of Christmas in its final verse as published by the Costumeur Chance Populaires de Flamands de France, 1856. But my favorite, and after having gone through and read this one, is, of course, the Scottish version. Okay. uh, Which a similarly cumulative verse from Scotland, the Yule Days, has been likened to the 12 days of Christmas in the scholarly literature. It is 13 days rather than 12, and the number of gifts does not increase in the manner of the 12 days of Christmas. Its final verse has published in Chambers' popular rhymes, Fireside Stories and Amusements of Scotland runs as 
follows. Mm. I, the three, or the king, sent his lady on the thirteenth Yule Day, three stalks of merry corn, three maids of merry dancing, three hinds of merry hunting, an Arabian baboon, three swans of merry swimming, three ducks of merry laying, a bull that was brown, three goldspinks, three starlings, a goose that was grey, three plovers, three partridges, a pippin go high, and one learns me carol and carries it away. I heard a pippin. A pippin go high. A pippin go high, also papingo eye, in later editions, is a Scots word for peacock or parrot. Ooh. So there's more uh, um, peacock. lending to the fact that it was a colorful bird. Yeah. Either a peacock or parrot. As so opposed to a blackbird. Yeah. Wow. And similarly, Iceland has a Christmas tradition where Yule lads put gifts in the shoes of children for each night of the 13 nights of Christmas. So they probably have Christmas starting on Christmas Eve. Or they go, they include what the day would be and go a day later. So going to like the 7th or whatever. Hmm. But like this, just an Arabian baboon. Like, right in the what middle of it, we're going to have all these stuff, and we're going to throw in an Arabian baboon. What are you going to do with an Arabian baboon? Baboons or, are mean. <laughs> a bull that was brown. Three stalks of merry corn. Three maids of merry dancing. Three hinds of merry hunting. Hinds, hounds. Three hounds. hounds three hounds of merry hunting. Hunting hounds. Yeah. An Arabian baboon. Three swans of merry swimming. Three ducks of merry laying. A bull that was brown. Three gold spinks. Chiefly Scottish, the European goldfinch. More birds. Mm. Chiefly Scottish, the European yellowhammer. What is a goldspink? Goldspink is a goldfinch or... Uh, okay, then. Yeah. Another bird. Uh, partridges. Yeah. It, A lot so, of birds still. Yeah, they had, they had the uh, swans, ducks, goldfinches, starlings, goose... Is a plover another type of bird? Yes, a plover is a bird. Our widely distributed group of wading birds belonging to the subfamily plovers. It's a killdeer. Basically, looks like a killdeer. So yeah, just more into birds. So out of that whole the 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 thirteen days, according to the Scottish, there are. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight of the 13 days are bird related, with the other ones being corn stalks. And corn stalk. Uh, dancing women, hunting dogs, and of course, my favorite, an Arabian baboon and a brown bull. So, literally. One of them is food. Again, no, again. One's food and one is uh, people. The rest are animals. Un- unless the 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 maids of merry dancing are some s- some other bird. type of bird or animal. Yeah. Even in this case, the at least the Scottish guys like, hey, if you wind up marrying me, I mean, if this is basically another form of a proposal, hey, if you wind up marrying me, at least you're going to have some maids to be able to take dancing. care of some stuff. Yes. I mean, they're, they're going to be dancing they're at gonna times. They're going to be dancing but, while they work. But at least they're going to be taking care of yeah. stuff. And and we're going to have more than just birds to eat. I mean, I've got an Arabian baboon. Great source of protein. Uh, I mean, monkey's brains. Come yeah. on, if Indiana Jones has told me nothing else. They're great for you, apparently. Yeah. And Clue. 
I mean, Clue. one of Mrs. Peacock's favorite dishes mm-hmm. is the monkey's monkey brains. brains. Yeah. Um, bull. So we're going to have steak at some point in time. We got beef. Uh, and then we got three hunting dogs. So there's no telling what else they're going to wind up bringing up. I, in this instance, I mean, if, if I was, if I was being, if I was a lady and I was being, you know, uh, uh, offered or or uh, um, proposed to by a potential suitor and one of them said hey I'm going to give you like 300 and something birds and another one said well I'm going to give you some 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 birds some corn some help to help around the house some hunting dogs maybe a pet monkey some some ducks Uh, uh, we're going to have a bull we got a, a, a few birds, some that are going to be able to I'm, be eaten, yeah. some that'll be able to be, you I'm know, picking just the Sc- looked I'm at. picking the Scottish person. Yeah, and and I'm giving you a freaking Arabian baboon that you can either have as a pet, you can teach it to like karate, and it can Throw you know things. be a, a form of defense for you and the the housemaids. Yeah, I'm, or you can turn it into a meal if it gets out of line. Either way. No, no judgment, no judgment. No yeah, judgment. I'm a hundred percent going for for the the Scottish guy here. Mm-hmm. And it really is wild to think that if all of these are just a bunch of like, because when I hear all this stuff, I hear those are dowries. Yes, it's now, a dowry offering. Now imagine if this were being done in India, goats and yeah, whatever you know. I mean, Jewels not trying to yeah, yeah, just just imagining what it would be in different places. Yeah, it is wild. It's crazy. Now, if you think about it in this aspect, then the the Jeff Foxworthy redneck twelve days. Well, it kind of plays. Proposal? It kind of plays. But then some of the other ones. I mean, it just takes away from the pos- possibility uh, of it yeah. being a proposal. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, dowries wow. for for marriage proposal. That's insane. That 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 it could it, it could be possibly be that so many different things. You Depending know, the, on the, the translation, it is either a dowries for a marriage proposal or some wild ass gifts from your mom. Right. <laughs> Bunch of birds from your mom. <laughs> but mom, I need a corset. No, we're giving you three birds. French hens. Actually, you're gonna have thirty six by the time we're over with. Good lord. And imagine the cleanup through all this. Of course, if you go to the literal aspect, you've got that skit out of the office where Aaron's like, whoever's given me the 12 days of Christmas, please stop. Right. I'd forgot about that. Yeah. I'd forgotten about that one. Yeah. So another legend of the season. Yes. Broken down, torn to pieces, picked apart, different translations, different opportunities of what each thing can be meant as depending on where you're from or how you were raised or the language you speak. And honestly, why not just go ahead and develop your own? Mm-hmm. Or, or not necessarily take heed or, or, or too much, put too much stock in any one of these that we've wound up bringing you to you today. These things are, are left open to interpretation. Um, because we can't go back in time, because we were not there, because, you know, to the victors go the spoils and they write the history books. Who's to say that this wasn't a, a Shakespearean sonnet at some point in time that was something that he was writing and using it as a as a marriage proposal 
mm. to someone. To Anne Hathaway. But then it just wound up being attached to this time of year because maybe it was a situation where somebody was wanting to become betrothed to someone during this time of year. Hey, why not? Why shouldn't I use the festival of Christmas Tide or Twelve Tide to to put forth my? It, it, people are more receptive or more willing during that time of year. Maybe it was a, an entire ploy just to be like, well, if I ask her during this time of year and I'm offering all of this stuff, that is just gonna. She can't say no. Completely, yeah, just insurmountably increase my opportunity. Or chances to get a, a thumbs up, a yes, a yay, as opposed to mm-hmm. a nay. Mm-hmm. Wild. Very wild. And I'm actually just really enjoying getting into some of these deep dives and learning, learning and a then, lot of things. Uh, formulating own thoughts, ideas, hypotheses, hypotheses, mm-hmm. as it were, um, concerning some things that you really just don't put any kind of thought into. So... But I'm definitely looking forward to the remaining ones that we have lined up so far for the the month of December, um, including before Christmas right now, um, which will be our last two remaining Between Two Barrel shows before Christmas, and that is going to be Christmas Caroling and Santa Claus, the man himself. And then afterwards, we're going to be getting into... uh, some other interesting holiday legends, including one that's a little bit darker. The Antichrist. And then, of course, one that's just hated by a lot of people. Uh, and I'll let you decide which one is which <laughs> on these last two whenever we get to those. Uh, but then, of course, that is going to be leading into a very awesome uh, and what is shaping up to be a, a very informative new year. Uh-huh. Uh, for from all of us here at Between Two Barrels. Absolutely. And you can stay up to date by hitting that subscribe or follow button wherever you are getting your podcasts. Hit the notification so you know when new episodes are popping up. Check us out on Instagram, Facebook, tldstudio66.com to find more ways to stay up to date with us and our amazing sponsors, Tennessee Legend Distillery. And, and, we may, I'm not going to go ahead and say 100% definitive just yet, but we may have a Christmas gift for all of our listeners in the fact that starting next year, you will actually be able to go view us Mm. doing the shows on YouTube. Vidya aspect. Yes. So, yeah, definitely looking forward to not only the next couple of weeks, but the entire month of January and moving into 2024. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And we can't wait to have you all along, Legends. Thank you for tuning in. Stay kind. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to others. Stay safe out there. And as always, cheers to you, Legends. Thanks for listening to another episode of Between Two Barrels. We hope you enjoyed this episode. For more information about what's happening with any of the Studio 66 shows, make sure to like, follow, subscribe, click the thumbs up, whatever you have to do to make sure you get your fill of this legendary content. To do so, 
Search Studio 66 on Facebook or Instagram, or the Studio 66 playlist on YouTube from Tennessee Legend Distillery. You can also subscribe to our Patreon channel, patreon.com slash tldstudio66, for additional content for all of the Studio 66 shows, as well as gifts from the different Studio 66 podcasts and Tennessee Legend Distillery. And if that wasn't enough, you can also visit our website, tldstudio66.com, where you can find links to all of the shows and podcasts, as well as merchandise for all of the individual podcasts, And don't forget to sign up for our newsletter. Heck, you can even leave us a voicemail if you like via SpeakPipe or send us an email at tldtube23 at gmail.com. However you go about it, make sure you don't miss out on getting even more legendary info about the studio as well as the distillery from Studio 66, presented by Tennessee Legend Distillery.